This is Mujan, PhD candidate from Lancaster. Let's talk about death conscious culture and experiences of depression in Iran. Thank you very much. Um, so, at the outset, I don't explicitly talk about embodiment, um, but I think there are um, relevant themes, but I will leave that up to you um, to kind of discern those. Um, a bit of background. So, what I will be presenting is part of my PhD project in phenomenology of depression, um, and I'm taking a cross-cultural approach. So I try to answer questions like, how do experience of depression vary across cultures, and what's the significance of the variation in light of cultural differences? And I'm comparing Iran and the UK, so I'm drawing on the work that was done in Durham Project by Matthew Ratcliffe and others. Um, I have adopted the same qualitative questionnaire, with few adjustments. Um, they, these were distributed in a university clinic in Iran um, and returned to me for analysis. So you will see some numbered quotes, which I will not read out, because that would be too much, but those are all from the questionnaire. Um, so the way this talk is going to go, I'm going to spend the third of my time talking about what I mean by a death-conscious culture in Iran, and then the rest of it, I will kind of apply it to see how we can make sense of some variations in experience of depression in light of this culture. So these are some of the common symptoms of depression that people talk about in Iran. You can see some of the differences, for example, almost absence of guilt among Iranians. Um, there is a huge emphasis on meaninglessness and absurdity, which is what I will be talking about and also hopelessness. So, um, people's relation to death and thoughts about death are inevitably influenced by the culture and the shared experiences of the society. In case of Iranian culture, the, the preoccupation with death goes back centuries and is traceable in works of literature and religious teachings, which I will look at, um, but before that, I think one of the important historical um, events that has exacerbated the kind of death consciousness in Iranian culture is the Iran-Iraq war, which uh, happened in um, the 1980s, it was an eight-year-long war, um, and it forms an important part of collective consciousness of Iranians due to multiplicity of reasons. First is the large and wide-ranging um, immediate effects of war. So you have five million people who were displaced, thousands who were taken hostage, hundreds of thousands who are still living with lifelong injuries. Um, second reason is the population boom that occurred during the war. This was such that a large population of Iran today was either born or had a sizable chunk of their childhood during the war. Um, so the traumatic experiences and the memories that remain in collective consciousness of this generation, for example, the sound of sirens warning of airstrike and um, urging citizens to take shelter, remains part of the generational sense of identity in this young population in Iran. And third is the official discourse around war. Government policies have been acting to keep the memories of war alive, but also to sanctify the horrors of war. The tales of those killed in the war were made into compulsory school curricula. 
National ceremonies are held aiming to keep the stories and memories of the lives lost alive. Um, and also giant murals of um, people who were killed in the war are put up on streets and highways, remain there today. Um, roads and alleys everywhere named after those killed. The dominant discourse around war, which aims to sanctify horrors of war, um, never refers to it as a war, but a holy defense. And those that were killed were not casualties, but martyrs. In addition to these elements, I think the traumatic experiences of war continue to haunt, not only because for those families whose children's remains were never found or returned to them, um, and for whom loss remains a timeless pain, but also for the whole nation. People continue to lose their lives in minefields that are not fully cleared. In 2015, bodies of 175 divers who had been taken captive in 1986 were found after they were, they were buried alive over 30 years earlier. And as recently as September 2017, the remains of a 13-year-old boy who was killed in the war was returned to Iran for his family after 34 years. So I think one of the effects of efforts and events that keep these memories of war alive is the relationship that Iranians have with death itself as something that is always near and is always looming. And arguably, with the immense shared sense of loss and with the daily reminders of death, this relationship with death goes a step further than the existential feeling every human being, regardless of their culture and society, is preoccupied with in their life. But although, as I said, uh, the war and its memories have had one of the strongest influences on this death-conscious culture, the culture itself can be traced to various elements of Iranian culture and history. So there are two different strands of thoughts on death in Iranian culture. The first, which is traceable to religious teachings seen over and over in religious works of literature, the remembrance of death is encouraged as a means of being good and leading a good life. In these encouragements, Death, rather than being seen as the end point, is seen as a gateway through which one has access to another more permanent life, the state of which would be decided by the kind of actions that one chooses to take in this life. Um, so remembering that there's a judgment day and the natural desire to lead an eternally good life guide the encouragement for consciousness of death. Similar line is seen in um, mystic literature of 12th century the likes of Rumi and Attar. Um, these talk about uh, death as a gateway to heavens and a permanent life similar to religious teaching. What is striking here is the association of all earthly suffering um, with death, death and awareness of it. Just as death is inevitable, so is suffering in the world. Second strand is literature of 20th century works of Ahavan Sales, which you can see. Um, I think a marked difference between these more recent works and those of the 12th century um, is the shift in attitude towards death and consequently the attitude towards life in the face of death. So in these works, death is seen as a desirable end point. Um, the only possible escape 
from the difficulties of life. Um, I have translated these, and I'm not a great translator, so if the meaning is lost, it's my fault, not the poet's fault. Um, I think this new change in attitude um, is because, the, because of the shift in emphasis from religious to social and political, focusing on the dissatisfaction with the here and now, rather than yearning for a good, infinite future. So in other words, in the contemporary setting, with this focus shifting, the concern with death is framed in terms of dissatisfaction and even hatred of life itself. Um, Achavan was heavily influenced by Sadiq Hedayat, who was one of the most important um, writers and most influential writers of the 20th century, and also one of the first Iranian writers to frame death consciousness in terms of the satisfaction of life. In Hedayat's writing, as in Achavan's, one sees the tension between hating life and being fearful of death, suffering in life and awaiting death, whilst at the same time being critical of the way death and death consciousness have been encouraged in the culture. There is love for life, but longing for death, both playing a part in their writing. I think this is seen in the famous opening of The Blind Owl, where Hedayat writes, there are certain sores in life that, like a canker, gnaw at the soul in solitude and diminish it. It is this kind of sores, these sufferings in life, which, for Hedayat, act as a drive towards voluntary death, despite a deep fear of death. <laughs> sufferings which make life itself seem unworthy of living, and death as the ultimate saviour. There's a lot to say about Hedayat and his um, carefully thought-out suicide um, kind of feeds into association of him in Iranian culture with suicide, with sense of absurdity, but we can talk about that in the discussion if you want. So what does this have to do with experiences of depression? Um, I think there's a central role that death consciousness plays. Um, I will look at three main points. Uh, symptoms and attitude that I think can be explained by this. First is um, attitudes towards suicide. Here there's a division between those who have a more literal reading of religious teachings and those with a more interpretive, person-centered approach to religion. The psychiatrist in Iran told me um, Patients suffering from depression in Iran due to their religious beliefs which prohibit taking one's own life often resort to what is termed passive suicide. Um, this consists in praying for God to end and take one's life rather than acting themselves and taking the matter in their own hands. So in other words, although most, almost all of um, depressive patients in Iran are occupied with suicidal thoughts, the fear of God and following the Islamic teachings, which see suicide as one of the cardinal sins, the majority would rather not act upon these thoughts themselves. Asking God to take their lives would mean that they have fulfilled their wish to die to an extent by articulating their desires um, and thoughts to an all-powerful being, whilst at the same time circumventing committing a punishable sin and going against their faith and beliefs. This can be seen as a direct consequence of death consciousness as encouraged by the religious teachings, um, as consciousness of afterlife and judgment day. Those who take the encouragements to heart would certainly be wary of consequences of their actions and the effects it would have on their life after death. 
taking one's life would certainly threaten the reward they expect and would certainly guarantee a heavy punishment. But for those um, who, for whom faith and belief in various religious teachings are not as strong and who are persuaded with the kind of frustration and dissatisfaction of life as portrayed in the works of 20th century works of literature, death consciousness would more easily translate to suicidal thoughts that potentially initiate action. Um, those who take the literal readings of religion to heart would be more prepared to accept as a given the teachings of Islam by a religious expert or a cleric, whereas those with a more interpretive and individualistic attitude uh, would, um, tend to project their own values and personal feelings onto the religious teachings. For example, they might accept um, on the face of it that suicide is sinful, but could argue that one um, is responsible for how her life develops and ends. In the face of immense suffering, it would not be uncommon, for example, to hear reasonings along the lines of even God would not want me to have this kind of life, or taking priority in different teachings. For example, the fact that God is all-forgiving would take precedence over suicide being a cardinal sin. I think there is something to be said about the relationship between religion and faith and its effects on fear of death, but there are uh, empirical research that um, that kind of show that among religious population in Iran, um, the kind of fear of death is motivated by fear of hell and judgment day, which is interesting. Loss of hope in depression, as experienced by Iranians, this is the second symptom that I will be talking about, um, forms a fundamental part of experience of depression as a whole, so much so that often patients define depression itself in terms of loss of hope. Um, I think this fundamental role of hope or lack thereof, at least in part, can be attributed and analyzed in terms of death conscious culture of Iran. So, going on a tangent, hopelessness is an important and universal part of experience of depression. Matthew Ratcliffe argues that sense of hopelessness and depression is rooted in the existential change that one goes through in depression. Um, an existential loss of hope is, in depression is fundamentally different and phenomenologically stronger than um, the intentional hopelessness that one might come across in a everyday situation. In defining existential hope, Ratcliffe argues that one space of possibility is transformed into one of impossibility, where hoping for a state of affairs to come to be becomes essentially irrational, since the very possibility of the desirable state of affairs is under question. I agree with this characterization of hopelessness and depression, but I think um, there needs to be more said about this process of transformation of the space of possibilities into one of impossibility and how individuals respond to this transformation. I think in the case of Iranian patients, the process is intimately linked with the Iranian conceptualization of depression and life itself, but the responses to this transformation are connected with thoughts of death consciousness um, in the culture. So there are two elements at play. One is the Iranian conception of life itself and the cultural concepts of depression. 
in the common understanding of depression in Iran, uh, people often attribute the cause of depression to an outside source, out of the control of individual. For example, loss of job or bereavement. So there is often an element of dissatisfaction with the world in which one dwells and a sense of one being a victim of those outside influences. In this conception, one's efforts in taking control of one's life and protecting oneself against the outside influences are felt to have been in vain. And it is through the realization of this effort in vain that depression comes about. Depression from its conception to its manifestations as is seen in Iran seems to be the embodiment of the struggles of one against the world. And one which is to a certain extent the logical place, and depression is to a logical, uh, the logical place where these struggles end. And this latter point, I think, is connect closely connected with Iranian conception of life as fundamentally a fight, a struggle to strike a balance between forces of good and evil. In other words, the feeling of dissatisfaction and sense of being a victim in the world can be thought of as the expression of the inherently unfair fight one is made to endure. And once one realizes the nature of this unfair fight, then depression seems to be the logical endpoint. Once one has fallen into depression, and due to the existential change that one goes through in depression, transforming one's perception of oneself and the world in which one is, the sense of hopelessness be becomes overwhelming. It is in this situation where any hope for change and a move forward is lost. The very hope that is, which up until this point would have fueled the ongoing for fight forward. The existential hopelessness and depression then brings into question the very meaning of life as a fight to be fought um, and is therefore the hopelessness of even envisioning a change and conceiving of an improvement in one's life. There's no hope left even for fantasizing about a different kind of life. This, I believe, is the impossibility Iranian depre depressed patients are faced with, one which, in altering the individual's perception, brings into question the meaning of life and motivation to move forwards. Um, I think this is an account of the way in which one's space of possibilities is transformed into impossibility, but once understood, this process can also illuminate on the heavy emphasis that is placed on hopelessness in depression among Iranian patients. And it follows from what I've said that the rootedness of this feeling in the culture and conceptions gives this feeling the, the importance of it um, and the centrality of it as is expressed by Iranian patients. Importantly, and maybe the way in which these feelings are different from those experienced in the UK, is the role of cultural death consciousness already prevalent in Iran. Specifically, is the account of life and death as presented in the works of 20th century literature. Um, in these works, as I said, the message is conveyed is one where satisfaction with one's life and a sense of having lost in the fight for a good life forces one to come face to face with death as the ultimate end. And seen clearly in the works of this period, death becomes the only conceivable change that's the only goal one is able to hang on to. Death in such a scenario would be the only place one could take shelter from the hopelessness of life. Death becomes the only remaining hope. 
This pre-existing culture which encourages the remembering of death both paves the way for this form of hopelessness and offers a way for interpreting and understanding and therefore articulating one's feelings of frustration and dissatisfaction. This existential hopelessness so places more emphasis on death as the only possibility amidst the impossibilities of life. And this kind of hopelessness is connected with another feeling that Iranians often talk about, namely absurdity. Linguistic point um, I should note here, the word used by Iranians, puchi, uh, which I have translated as absurdity, derived from the adjective pooch and carries various meanings and heavy connotations. Among the dictionary meanings of pooch are empty, hollow, pointless, futile, nothingness, nonsensical, and lacking in meaning. And I think given this de these definitions, it is clear that what Iranians mean in talking about um, feelings of absurdity or puchi in depression is an expression of the way they see the world and themselves within it. And given these meanings, I think the link between this expression and those of hopelessness become clear, because they're both rooted in the Iranian conceptualization of life. Life is conceptualized as a meaningful fight between the forces of good and evil, um, with a motivation and drive to move forwards. In depression, through the feelings of absurdity, a sense of defeat and meaninglessness towards the fight which is life is emphasized. With the very meaning of this um, fight under question, all sufferings are made meaningless and all motivation is seen to be in vain and absurd. With the preceding account of hopelessness, where consciousness of death plays a central role, where death itself is highlighted as the ultimate inescapable end, this sense of meaninglessness and emptiness of the worlds come to the foreground. Nothing can change the fact that death is inescapable. The depressed patient who is overwhelmed by the feeling of existential hopelessness is confronted with this fact. And as a result, any attempt to fight this inescapable end is seen as meaningless because one can never win the ultimate fight with death. And I think this latter point overshadows and makes meaningless any effort for improving, giving one's life and the world in which one dwells a quality of emptiness and absurdity. There are um, cases where people say, what is the point of me even seeking help for my depression? So that kind of um, lack of ability to envision an improved state of affairs is seen here as well. And these feelings can, can take, in effect take into question one's previous understanding of one's life um, and oneself. As if in receipt of a higher understanding, the feelings of absurdity and hopelessness in the face of consciousness of death force one to think about the way one has led one's life up to this point and all previous conceptions of life in the world. Death, in this sense, is a sublime which makes one realize one's own mortality and insignificance. And these feelings further force one to rethink how one has conducted oneself throughout one's life. And it all seems meaningless, empty, and absurd. Among those with a more literal reading of religion, these feelings might be weaker. 
Although in the face of dissatisfaction with life and worldly suffering, death as a gateway to a better place might still offer an escape, the very belief in an all-powerful being um, and the existence of an alternative world would, could give uh, one a strong sense of meaning in life, which would in turn combat feelings of absurdity as felt in depression. Indeed, there are many resources in the Iranian public discourse around depression, which argue that absurdity, identified as the central feature of depression, uh, can be combated and alleviated by stronger faith and um, adherence to religious teachings. These attitudes then, I think, further make the case for the understanding of these feelings in depression as linked with works of literature in the 20th century rather than religious teachings. So, I might finish early, um, but I think what I have kind of shown here is that, is how culture as a system of meaning, thought, interpretation, and understanding, and as echoed in works of literature, has a huge influence on the way people understand, conceptualize, articulate, and experience um, depression. So I think it's important to invoke these kind of things in trying to analyze cross-cultural variation in experience of depression. Thank you.